Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love. Inspire, explore, create. Life is good. Let's get started. Rick Scotch on the Scotch Potter podcast. And today I really just wanted to end season three and give you a recap of all the great guests that we had on the Scotch Potter podcast. And it was a wonderful, lots of inspirations, lots of stories, just great, awesome, inspiring creators that were able to give their time and share their knowledge and their story on the Scotch Potter podcast. So I, 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 thank them. And, you know, started off this season was being able to interview these two gentlemen that are the owners of Born and Bread, which is a San Francisco based creative agency. And they were just it, it, it was great to talk to them because they gave the the what's it like running an agency, what they look for when they looking to bring people on. And, you know, what what drives them as creators, you know, and 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 we and the one of the things that I always remember is it wasn't always about being perfect. It was about just being better. And I absolutely it was just a great, great podcast episode. And then we went from that to photo some photographers. And one of the photographers that we had was a landscape photographer, Arwen, and she just does a a beautiful job with her work. She just has beautiful work. She really focuses on the technical side of photography. So when you see her, her there's there there's a specific reason why in time she took that picture. And I it was an absolute, um, just absolute beautiful images. And I highly recommend you check her out. And then we went to the urban photographer, Mr. Nicholas Miller, where literally you feel like when you you look at his photo. It's like you're watching a movie. It's a film. And and I know that comes from a lot of his inspiration of why he does what he does. And it, it he, but he there's a suspense to his type of photography. And I absolutely love that. And then we went to speak to a product designer, a UX designer, Kaisan. And his his episode was just it was incredible because he like the the he's a curious minded individual and he lets himself be curious and explores into that curiosity. He feeds that mind. That's what makes him a successful designer in himself. But it also like, it just opened my eyes and, and I hope it opened your eyes as far as like, it's okay to be curious and explore and, 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 and check out new things and, and get, get wrapped up into them. And you know, when you're done, you're done. And that's, that's what I took the most from that interview. Then we were able to lucky enough to speak with Mr. Jackson Robinson, who is the owner and founder of the King's wild project, which is a playing card design company that just, I mean, he's an illustrator and he just makes these dope cards and he, and he, but the thing is, it's not about just making these dope cards, which are awesome, but he, Tell us a story about why, why this, why, what's the story behind this playing card deck? And he was just a fabulous uh, person to have on the podcast. Was, he had great, great uh, stories of why he does what he does. And then we got a little thirsty. So we ended up uh, what, being able to speak with the founder of Spirit and Spoon, Carl. And he's a digital creator where he basically just followed his, you know, he, he just followed the path that he was passionate about doing. And he was always been in the, the, the social element of the dining experience, the entertainment, the, the late night, I guess you can say the bars. And he basically just found himself, you know, connecting cocktails to digital, to creating his own social digital company through spirit and spoon. So he created a one-stop cocktail shop for 
social media. And then we ended the season three with the, the opportunity to speak with a car designer, Mr. S uh, Sean Smith. And his automobiles that he designs, they're bespoke automobile lifestyle design cars. And they're beautiful. Like, I mean, it's just amazing how you go from literally from scratch to this designed car that is just gorgeous to look at. So that is that was my guest for this season. And I again, I cannot thank them more individually as far as just being able to take the time and share their story. And from now, what I'll do is I do want to be able to give you guys some a little bit of some sound bites of each of each interview that I did and, and just uh, some of the key information. Well, one aspect of the information that we got from each podcast episode. So please enjoy. Focus on you guys as individuals. What does creating do for you internally? Yeah, I'll, I can, I can start out here, George. Um, yeah, sure. So for me personally, I think I'm constantly someone who's, you know, maybe not so much obsessed with being, you know, with perfection, but more so better. You know, um, I, I continuously like to look at anything and, and think about how could this be better, whether that's, you know, an experience, an app, uh, a design, uh, even a recipe. I, I'm, I love to cook. I, I, you know, whenever, whenever I, whenever I cook for people, I, I always ask them like, what, what could I do to be better? People always try to be polite and, you know, say, oh, this is great. Uh -huh. It's the best I've ever had. I'm like, oh, there's no way I want to know. Oh, yeah. you know, I want to know what could be better. So I think, you know, um, creating an agency that, um, you know, you know, develops, creates and grows brands, produces, you know, things that, um, you know, entertain, delight people. Um, I think it just allows, you know, allows me to feel like I'm making things better. And uh, that feels really gratifying. And, and to know that, um, you know, we either explained a concept better, or we brought something to life visually better, or we're helping a business um, acquire and retain customers better, because, you know, it's just so much um, it's, it's better executed than they could have done themselves is extremely gratifying. So I think that's what, you know, for me allows just to do things, do things better, break the status quo. Nice. Nice. What about you, George? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Cause I think what Carl mentioned about making things better is like, you know, kind of the second half of born and bred. What really makes me tick is I said, building something from the ground up, building something, you know, building a brand that wasn't there before, like that small acorn that kind of grows into the mighty oak tree. Like, I love that, you know, just being able to like talk to an audience in a way that haven't been taught to before or showing them a way that, you know, a visual that they haven't seen before or some reimagining something that was there before that is new. So I think that for me, that's like what really makes me tick. And I think that goes back to, you know, like that's my excitement. And then Kyle really does have that vision to really to kind of take it and, and grow and make it better. Now, here's a soundbite with Arwen, who's the landscape photographer, talk about her secret sauce. As far as uh, your secret sauce, what what do you feel like your maybe even like just a trait that you have, a skill that you have, but what do you feel like has contributed to your success as a landscape photographer? Okay, well, um, I've only really been doing photography in depth for about three years. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm just starting to develop this, you know, right. secret sauce or success, <laughs> as you say. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So for me, I think it's about envisioning what I would like as my final output of the shoot and then planning and executing towards that. So like I said, I don't always end up with what I envisioned, but having that vision 
helps me to put a plan and all the pieces in place together to achieve a final result. And of course, persistence. Like I said, for those two photos, which are my favorite, I kept going back until I got the conditions I wanted, or if not the conditions I wanted, conditions that produced something that I felt good about. Here's Nicholas Miller, the urban photographer who's offering advice to other creators. What would be a good piece of advice you would give to someone that's looking to do photography? Yeah, I mean, I think the main piece of advice would be try to really find your niche, you know, that you like. Uh, it's, I mean, it depends on what you want to achieve, right? Some people, they just want to shoot a little bit of everything. They don't want to limit themselves. And they do it for their, like, pure, like, pleasure because it's a hobby and they like it and that's completely fine you know it's like it's i think it's like yeah it's completely fine to do that now i think if you want to if you want to go somewhere in terms of like creating an audience and like building you know presence on social media and like photography i think that you really need to find a niche you know to be quite specific so it's just just like so many people out there on instagram now that like People will not really like follow you, you know, if you don't have a specific niche and you come up with something like not necessarily brand new, but you know, like a bit different from other people. So for me, that's something I kind of had in mind, you know, like I was like, mm, I think it's like uh, if I want to, uh, if I want to go somewhere, you know, uh, like I need to find a niche. And that's, that's how like I ended up, you know, coming with that niche of like super dark neo-noir, you know, I take a lot of other pictures, you know, of like landscape and like even animals, wildlife and stuff. But I just like, I keep it for myself, you know, or, or like for my friends. Sometimes I share it in my stories, but it's like on Instagram, I try to stay focused on like that kind of neo-noir cinematic vibe, you know? You gotta be consistent, you know, in terms of like um, the content that you post, uh, mm -hmm. and also like the frequency that you post, which is not like that's unfortunate. I would say, you know, like, but social media wants you to be like consistent in, the, in how often you post, which yeah. like is kind of like can be against, you know, some artistic values because sometimes this periods you're gonna be inspired, some of the periods you're not gonna be inspired at all, you know. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, that, that's an advice I will say, like try to stay consistent as much as you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, and I, I forgot to ask you this, do you sell prints? I mean, I, I do, but I don't really advertise it. It's more like if people reach out to me because they want to buy a print, uh -huh. uh, I will like, I will, I will send them like a, a link, you know, where they, they can buy it. It's like, it's more like a, I'm not, I'm not really trying to make a business out of it, you know. It's yeah. more like for me, I always want to keep it as a passion, and like I love photography and I love taking pictures, and and that's the way I see it, you know. Um, so maybe at some stage of my life, you know, like photography will become more important, and I will try to live from there from, from it. But um, right now, it's not the case. So like, if someone wants like to hang a picture of me on their wall, I'm super happy, you know, to like facilitate that. So. Uh, yeah. But it's not something I'm trying to advertise either, you know. Here's Kaisan, a product designer, talking about curiosity. I, I think something that I have is just like a deep curiosity for lots of things. Um, like I don't, I don't really read about design. I don't really listen to design podcasts or watch design YouTube videos. Um, I, I get, I fall into these like holes of learning about something 
that is completely like not related to anything I'm doing. And then somehow that hole that I fell into, like feels like it makes a full circle and comes back to being directly related to something I'm working on like several months later. And so I think just that like insatiable curiosity um, plays a big role. So like, whether that's like, hey, I think I want to be a photographer. And so then I'll go like on this deep hole of like studying photography and listening to things about photographers and reading photography books and going to photo shows. And then like, I, you know, create this photo blog and like really try to like see oh, if I boy. wanted to be a photographer, could I be a photographer? And then once I reach the point where like I got, I have clients reaching out like, hey, I'd love for you to do my photos for this or that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm kind of like, eh, like <laughs> I did it. Like that was fun. And now I want to like jump into like something else. Um, design's been the only constant that I've, I've just continued to keep falling back to, but there's lots of like curious tangential like areas that I love to explore. And I think that's made a really big difference in, in what I've been able to create and who I've been able to work with and stuff like that. Dude, that's, that's so cool. I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't feel alone anymore as much. <laughs> like, I told, like, it's kind of like when you find something, you go all in and, and you go to like, yeah. all right, cool. And you, you, you learn it and you enjoy it. But then when it gets to that point, when it becomes like, I'm almost at a point where like, it doesn't become that passion. Oh, I want to say passion, but it, when you, and you want to say, get paid for it. Yeah, it's cool to get paid for something, but but then it's like you're doing it on certain terms, and it's not coming out natural, and and yeah. it kind of kind of turn you off. But at the same time, I mean, give and take. It, for me, it sort of feels like I'm constantly just throwing up a sail and saying like, can this catch wind? And if it does catch wind, does it like the direction it's taking me? And if it, it doesn't, and if it like it catches wind and I like the direction, then I like I'll roll with it. And if I don't, then I'll like drop the sail and I'll try something else. So, um, like my my thing now that's outside of design entirely is um, I've become like obsessed with meditation and mindfulness. And so I went and I took this like hundred hour meditation teacher training course. And I've got like a daily, like 30 minute dedicated meditation practice every day. And I've gotten really into like weird stuff like breath work and like holotropic breathing and plant medicine. And now uh-huh. I'm like signed up for like this uh, free diving class in like a couple weeks to go like learn how to, use your breath work to swim in the ocean without like a scuba tank and do all these things. And my wife's like, what are you doing, man? Like, this has nothing to do with anything that you're working on. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm throwing up that sail and I just want to see where it goes. And, and maybe six months from now, I'll be like, cool, did that one, ready to move on to something else, but, but maybe not too. And that's, that's the part that I love just exploring. Here's Jackson Robinson, the founder of King's Wild Project, talking about perfectionism. You know, another another story that I think is is I think that those those tangible stories that I talked about, what led me to uh, King's Wild Project. Uh, this is like this is like this story, and I'll try to make it as quick as possible. This story is like the most pivotal, intangible story that I learned that really has formed the way that my mentality is with when it comes to work. Uh, entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. When I was, you know, when I was in my six years of worthless university uh, time at the University of North Texas, majoring in drawing and painting, the I feel like that my entire six years of tuition was worth this one moment in a pottery class. Okay. Of all classes, a pottery, a stupid beginner like freshman year pottery class, and so I get into this pottery class. And I'm like a freshman or sophomore. 
And I'm like, I'm, 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 first of all, I'm way too cool to be in pottery <laughs> class. And I'm only taking this stupid pottery class because I have to have this the elective general. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but I, was a, I was an art major, so I had to have this, this class. Uh-huh. But little did I know that the probably one of the greatest life lessons ever that I ever learned was going to be in this pottery class. We get into this pottery class, and the, and the professor, there's probably, it's probably 20 students. And the professor splits us in half, 10, you know, 10 students over here, 10 students over here, group A, group B. And then he sits down at a potter's wheel and he throws, throws a vase. And throwing is the, 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 the bouge word for making a, making a vase on a potter's okay. wheel. <laughs> so he makes this, he just makes this standard vase and he does a great job at it. It's perfect. It's got perfect shape, perfect form. Uh, and you can tell that he's been doing this for years. And this was like, an, I mean, he was like, I mean, this guy was basically barely alive. He was so old. Okay. And he's been, he's like, he was, he was teaching this class, like when they created universities kind of a thing. <laughs> and, and then he, he, he said, okay, group A, group A, you will have one grade at the end of this semester. And your one grade will be, your entire group has to turn in one vase that looks like this vase that I just created. That was group A. And he says, all of you have to come together. I don't care how you do it. I'm going to teach you the concepts and the skills to do this. But how you get to this one vase that you turn in at the end of this semester is, is your final objective. And your entire group will be great on this one vase. Group B, however, group B, your grade will be on the number of vases that you turn in at the end of the semester. They don't necessarily have to look exactly like this. This vase is what I want you to use as your, you know, as your basis. And I want you to try to strive to make this vase. But your grade is going to come from how many vases? They could be crappy, they could be good, whatever. You're gonna be graded on how many you can you can produce. And so we split up into our two groups. Group A, you know, they were they were focusing on one, like they would try to focus on one element and they, that group would try to focus on one element, try to get it right, strive for perfection on that one element. And then they would, you know, they'd go to the next element and they would try to, they would try to strive for perfection on that element. And then the other group was just like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just like throw, they were just like yeah, throwing crap and, you know, piles of mud. And they made hundreds and hundreds of just like, oh, this is a pile of dog poop, whatever, that kind of thing. Uh-uh. And and then, so they were doing their thing. Both groups were doing the thing. And then the end of the semester came and group A, the one vase, the one vase group turns in their vase. Really good looking vase. Really good looking vase. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't just like the professors, uh-huh. but it was really, really good. And he was like, this is really good. This is a very good vase. And then he got to group B and group B turns in their mass of vases Uh and literally there are shelves and shelves and shelves of absolutely perfect vases that are exactly like the professor's vase and and i was in group b the turn in as many vases as you can group Uh and that lesson taught me more about life business my art than any other lesson that I've ever learned in my entire life was, I think, especially as an artist, and I think that's 
I think this is I think this transposes to any form business or whatever. So many people, I think that like striving per, striving per, for perfection is like mm-hmm. the biggest handicap yes. in like actually being creative and actually producing stuff because you can try to strive for perfection and like be this toiling artist uh-huh. that has to have everything perfect, but but you may never produce anything because you're always trying to strive for this thing that's stupid and it doesn't exist. And like, and going back to what you said about learning who I was and just accepting that. Yeah. And at the same time, I have all these ideas in my head. And what that taught me, what that experience taught me was like, I'm going to have sucky, I'm going to have some sucky projects. I'm going to have some stuff that, that bombs. I'm going to have some stuff that sucks that people don't like. But you know what? I don't care. Because what my goal is, is I'm going to try to produce as many ideas as I can uh, and try to get all the ideas that are in my head and try to produce as many and execute as many ideas as I can. This is Carl talking about his secret sauce to success as a digital creator and founder of Spirit and Spoon. Obviously, you've been doing this for 15 years. You're, you're, you've created your own path. And what do you feel like... Why? How did you do it? Like, what's your secret sauce? Why do you do what you do? Um, my secret sauce is I'm attached to no outcome. Um, I always try to move the needle forward. Um, I don't take myself too seriously. Um, I'm kind to others. I want to help others. It's being humble. Um, I heard this quote a long time ago. Um, I don't know where it's from. It's not mine. Uh, But it's don't let yourself be put on a pedestal because it will rob you of growth. I want to grow. I want, you know, I don't know. I'd love to say I know exactly where Spirit and Spoon's going. Uh, I just know the day to day. So I tried not to overthink it. I put my best foot forward and I have fun with it, you know. So I guess my, my secret sauce is have fun and never be attached to any outcome because it's always everything's always evolving and always changing. So if I, if, you know, my skill sets that I'm learning now could pay off, you know, and, and if they don't, I'm always happy to jump behind a bar and bartend again. You know, like it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm very, very happy. I'm very, very fortunate and very grateful for everything that's happening. Um, so, yeah. Cool. 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 That, that, no, that's, it's, it's almost to that point where, you know, you, you live in the moment, you're in the moment, you take it day by day. Uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's a, you know, you probably, you do kind of maybe, you know, think about your future plan, but overall it's just take it day by day and, uh, go with the flow and, and you're enjoying what you do. That's what, that's what at the end of the day, what matters. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. And another thing I would say is uh, just don't compare yourself to others, you know, find your unique voice, find what makes you happy, you know, um, you know, you can't, you know, I don't want anybody to try to, like, yeah, you can be like, yeah, I love his photos. I want to try to get to that level where I want the, but like, find your voice, you know, because um, everybody's different. Everybody has their own unique character. Um, I'm very fortunate that I get to share it on occasion. And I've, but I always, I'm not afraid to share. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's Steve Smith, the automobile bespoke designer who's offering advice for anyone that's getting in the industry. Yeah, keep a sketchbook, draw all the time. Um, and then draw, and I mean draw, I mean do like 100 drawings a day. 
you know, literally. I know that's a lot, but like when we were going through school, we were doing 50 to 60 pages of sketching with three cards per page. So you do the math, that's a lot of cards we're drawing. And if you didn't, if you didn't have them all done, then the, the, the instructor would be like, okay, that's another 20 on top of that next week that are oh, due. Wow. If you didn't have those down, you went down a letter grade. So it only three chances and then you got to a D, might as well quit. So draw, 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 keep a sketchbook, always keep constantly a sketchbook. Every morning I wake up, I have coffee, I draw my sketchbook. Um, number two, always be open-minded and always be open-minded to your surroundings and take that as inspiration and influence to what you do in your, in your career, but also be open-minded and diverse that Listen, there's only a couple thousand car designers in the world. You're probably not going to get a job at an OEM. You know, you graduate the class of 15, two are going to get a job. The rest are going to kind of go do products. And, you know, the other rest aren't going to get a job at all in the design industry. So be open-minded to doing other things and being open-minded to, hey, you might not like it in the car studio like I did. It might be stiff. It might be corporate. You might not like this. You might not like your boss telling you what to do. You know, so what are you going to do? So, you know, I've done, I've designed things for toys. I've designed video games. I've designed, you know, a lot of variety of different objects, household products. I've designed boats. You know, you have to be diverse in that aspect too, because if you don't get that cream car job that you want, you got to be able to pay the rent, you know, and, or, or the house payment or what have you. So you got to, you got to keep options open. I get a lot of people are like, oh, it's this or it's this or nothing. And then they get out and it's like, they don't have, they can't do anything really you know they're a one trick pony and that yeah. pony didn't take off so now did you like i mean with that advice did you were you always focused on being a car designer per se or were you or were you like just in love with the idea of design itself a product design it that's weird i mean generally i was in love with the idea of just design itself and being able to create something from 2d to 3d and seeing it happen i thought that was pretty pretty fun i mean when i graduated you know i was like man i maybe i should put my portfolio in at nike because i was initially kind of where it all started with me you know uh -huh. and then when the motorcycle thing came about you know, I interviewed with Ford, didn't really like Michigan. They weren't really feeling me. And so I came back and I was like, man, Honda was like, well, what about bikes? I didn't ridden a motorcycle in my life, but I know they're cool. And I know I love them, yeah. you know, you know, CBR 1000 and all these CBR 600 and all these bikes. I was uh -huh. like, okay. But if I had not been diverse in my thought process and how I did things, I would have missed out on that, you know, and uh -huh. granted, you know, I walked away from that job two years into it, but I'll never um, take away that I got a lot of experience out of it. And I always appreciate that. And that would actually conclude our season three recap. Thank you to all the creators that were on the Scott Product Podcast. Stay tuned for the, the next set of guests. And till then, cheers and go create. Thank you for listening to another Scotch Parlor podcast. Please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos, photos, and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Till next time, cheers and go create.